0: Welcome to Women Empower Active, an initiative started by UR Sportswear to empower women to find their own active adventure. I'm your host, Jacqueline Gross. Today, we are interviewing the woman who inspired me to become active, my mom, Elizabeth Gross, who has her PhD. She was a collegiate swimmer. She's a runner. She does yoga. She started climbing, and she's just an inspiring person to me. Um, To all of you out there who are also mothers or mother figures, happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoy this episode. So what is your job right now?
1: I work at Sam Houston State University in the College of Education, and I teach teachers to be school librarians. So they're getting a master's in library science. So it's an advanced program. I have a master's degree and a, a PhD from Wayne State. My master's, in, master's is in library and information science, and my PhD is in learning design and technology.
0: The reason why like, I am active is because of you. And so I think that would be really good for kind of the full circle talk about how you started being active kind of what inspired you to start different sports growing up
1: it actually starts back with my mom <laughs> because when i was growing up i never knew that my mom was deathly afraid of the water she did not like i mean she would go into the lake or whatever but she would never really swim and um so she got us into swimming when we were really young i mean maybe four years old, we were taking lessons. And I remember being at this old, old swimming pool that um, was part of my local school and um, you know, paddling around. And I can't have been much more than like five or six years old. And so then um, my older brother started swimming um, and he was pretty good at it. And so the rest of us kind of followed suit. And so back then it was AAU swimming, Um, Now I think it's U.S. swimming, but back in the day it was AAU. So we swam AAU from the time I was probably 9, 10 until I got into, um, well, through high school, actually. When I was was first coming up, Title IX hadn't even been passed yet. So I was swimming on the boys' swim team in junior high because the girls' swim team was kind of like a club. Mm -hmm. And I had been swimming... um, Competitively for about four or five years because I was um, doing an AU age group, and so I swam with the boys. And I had a bunch of really interesting places to change when I went to away meets. Places like the office or the um, pool equipment room, <laughs> or places like that, because I was the only one, right? And visiting teams had to use the girls' locker room, so I didn't have anywhere else to check, to to um, change to get ready for the meet.
0: Did you feel like you were part of the team at the time?
1: Yeah, it, because I was swimming age group and it was mixed all the time. We never had like just a girls AAU team. It was girls and boys the whole time. So I never really thought it, it was just like, oh, okay, well I'm on the boys team. So this is what's gonna have to happen for me to swim. So it never really, I didn't feel weird
0: about it. How did you realize that you were actually pretty decent at this? Well,
1: the first uh, time, The first thing that really happened was my senior year in high school, we had an assistant coach and I think he was like a student teacher or something. I don't really know, but he um, incorporated a weight program because we hadn't been lifting or doing anything like that at all. Mm -hmm. And so that year I started lifting and in just the season, so just the girl season, you know, in high school, it's from September to December or something like that. It probably wasn't even that long. I actually dropped a whole minute off my 500 time, like just in that year. That that was one thing, and then I was doing a lot of butterfly, and there were no distance events other than the 500. But that was where I started to to be to do really well. And then I went to community college. Ended up getting a scholarship for swimming to this community college. So um, I swam for them, and then I also swam for Royal Oak Penguins, but I didn't compete for them. I just like went to their morning workout. So I was swimming in the mornings there and then going to workout after, um, you know, like it had three o'clock or whatever regular uh, workout time was. And the first year we had quite a team. And the second year I was the only one. So I was swimming by myself as the only person on the team for Oakland Community College. But I ended up making All-American in the eight, 1650 that year. So that was a huge thing for me because I didn't really it's just part of my life. I didn't think like, this is my athletic part. It was just like, that's what I did. I swam. And that's also when I started running. Like after that, I I started running in the off season. I had applied for a bunch of different schools and I got a swim scholarship at Northern. We had like a junior college state championship and I actually won the 500 that year. Wow. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think part that's partly why Joan Pito was looking at me because She needed a 400 IM swimmer and I'm not a breaststroker. So that was never going to be a good fit for me, but they needed distance freestyle swimmers too. And so that's how, and 200 butterflies. So that's how I ended up up there. I had a full ride scholarship to Wayne, but it was academic. And I didn't um, really want to stay in the city. They didn't have a swim team. So I didn't stay to swim there um, they did the years before, cause we swam them and they have a beautiful pool, but that the year I was going to go, they got rid of the women's team. So I had a choice of going to Wayne state, get a full ride, or I had a partial scholarship, but I would get to swim. And I thought I wouldn't really do it much after college. So I decided to go to Northern, got up there and started swimming. And it was a whole different group of people. And, um, all women it was really nice again, and a big team, not just, you know, me <laughs> and, um, The first time I remember doing something and it was just like, oh, wow, this is what it's like to be on a team was one of the captains was saying that they were going to go cliff diving. And I had never done that. I had 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 a summer where I was had a three meter um, diving board. So I was doing a lot of that, like learning how to dive off of a height. And so I was able to go out there and dive into the lake and do all this really cool stuff that just felt like I had found the people that I wanted to be with, you know, it just was like, Oh, you know, you guys like to do what I like to do. And it was like that in all of, all of uh, the university, because there were, that was when I started rock climbing and this was outside, you know, there's no such thing as a climbing gym. It was really great because I was strong from swimming and I could do all these things that was so different. It was just radically different from everything that I had been trying and doing. So, it was kind of like an awakening, like opening up and seeing how much there was to actually do in the hiking that we did. And, um, even the weather up there is so different. So it was just really a nice, It felt like a new beginning, the way the, um, swim season works. And I think they still do it this way is in, around Christmas time, everybody goes and swims long course. Like, um, I know Michigan state did it. Northern did it just started doing it my junior year. Like we, she figured it out that we would drive to Florida and go swim for a couple of weeks down there. It was right after Christmas through new year. So you're swimming long course for a couple of weeks and it really um, makes you stronger because it's a longer distance before you turn.
0: Okay, I was gonna ask you what long course was. Yeah,
1: it's a 50 meter pool rather than a 25. And so it was two a days, 50 meter pool. And um, the rest of the time was up to us. We could, there was weights. And then during the day, we really didn't have, you know, anything structured. I did it my, my sophomore year at OCC too. We went down, my coach had a condo in Key Largo or somewhere, but we ended up in Fort Lauderdale and we swam long, long course that time too. And I think that really helped. Like all those little pieces added up for me to help me get, get stronger. When I got to to Northern, the only thing I think my coach did that was kind of not that great was that she found out that Olympic swimmers had 16% body fat. So that's what all we, we all had to have that too. So we had, um, skinful caliper tests every three weeks. I know it was, it really screwed me up. It screwed up
0: everybody, I think. And so we had to lose weight. After you kind of had that like 16% body fat, like goal put on you, like leaving college. How did that affect you after that?
1: It did. I, I really um, was always strived to be as thin as I could be. And was, I think, um, all during college, I had read something somewhere where someone said that they were spending time counting up all the calories. I did that when I was in, like, I should have been paying attention to a lecture, but I was counting calories instead. And the whole time I was growing up, my mother was overweight. She was losing weight the whole time, like always on a diet. So it's always been something that is like when I was in seventh grade, um, I was at on Weight Watchers because I was like 30 pounds overweight. And so I was on Weight Watchers with my mom and we would go every week. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, every, so this is all I was already I was already set up for it. I was already set up to to drink the Kool-Aid because that's what I had learned my whole life, my since I was an adolescent. That really didn't, I didn't have any tools to fight that. It just you know, fit right into what I was already being taught, you know, I know she didn't think it through my coach did not think that through, but that eating disorders and all that kind of stuff was not a thing. You know, we just didn't talk about it. The other piece I know for me, and we've talked about this before is that I thought more is better. So on the days that we had like two a days, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the weeks, we didn't have a meet on the weekend. And the weeks we did, we wouldn't, we would swim in the morning, but we wouldn't swim in the evening and the weeks we didn't have a meet, I, well, we would swim Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, um, the, all that time, my senior year, I was swimming every morning. Cause there was a AAU swim team that, um, was in Marquette. And so I would get in the pool with them every other morning. So I was swimming two a days every day. And then running on the weekends, <laughs> I just look at back at that now. And I think, no wonder I just couldn't, I couldn't overcome that. That was just too much to try to, or PR or do anything like that, because
0: it was all left in the pool all week. That's overtraining is a thing. It really is. And I think overtraining is really hard, particularly with, you know, women in sports. And if that was your culture of like having to have, you know, skinfold tests and wanting to be successful in all all areas of sports it's really hard for us to like differentiate well I just want to be fast well no I want to be you know I want to meet this this goal here of like you know having 16 percent body fat and also being you know really fast so um and if it's your coach the leader of your team it's really hard not to to prioritize that and to think that way I mean that's the only person that you would look to to like improve. The crazy thing about like all of it is
1: that, you know, I just didn't have anything to compare to. There was no internet. There was no, you know, way to say anything about anything like the summer before my senior year, I started, I started running and well, I was running. I was running after, after the season was over. I remember running with some guy that was up at the up in Marquette. He was like 60 years old and he would, he would run or walk as many as his years. Like if he, you know, he would walk 63 miles for his birthday or whatever, but anyway. Um, so this is all normal people. Do you see what I mean? Like everybody I ran into was extreme. (laughs) It wasn't like somebody said, Oh, well, you know, that's kind of weird. Or do you really think you need to do that? Um, so he said, yeah, if you can run six, three 60 mile weeks in a row, then you, you can run a marathon. So I thought, well, I'll
0: do Marquette marathon. And I ran like a I don't know three forty three or something like that,
1: and I didn't even know that that was good.
0: Okay, so after you get you uh, you know graduate from college and then do you um I don't I mean I don't really know. Do you, do you stay up there for a while? Mm-mm. No no? I, okay.
1: no, we came back and I that was when I um, was working at Greenfield Village. okay so that's when I got that job because I finished my history major and so I got picked up there and um, then I was just running. I was just but running to um, stay in shape. And I did some races, but not a lot. And then Jenny and Katie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <History>. <laughs> and then you had three children
1: <laughs> in 19 months.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so not I a lot of running.
1: Well, actually, well, no, not not when I had them. I, I and I, I couldn't do that. I would get cramps. Like even anybody, you or you know, Kimmy or anybody, I couldn't, I couldn't run. So I would walk. But even after you guys were born, like I would get up and run before daddy left for work. And I might not get very many miles in, but I would, or after he got home, um, things like that. Not right away either, because he was working, you know, um, 50 hours a week or whatever, and then also going to school. And so that was all pretty crazy. And we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, I couldn't really get a babysitter. So we just go, you know, do what I could do. Or when everybody was down, I would ride a bike (laughs) or, you know. We had a ski machine for a while until I wore it out. And, um, what kept you going? Like that was a part of me, like a part of who I am to want to be active just on any level, whatever that was. And, um, I hadn't thought about a lot of that stuff for a while. Like when you were talking about swimming and it was such a big part of my life. And then it went from like every day, all day long to nothing. Cause I wasn't swimming anymore. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I started running. And I know there were times when that was the only time I felt like who I was, who I like myself, like I, the only time I felt like I was myself when I, when, when I was actually running, like, that was the only time I felt it was just like pure me. It wasn't like someone's daughter, somebody's wife, somebody's this or that. It was like, and maybe it was cause I was in control or in charge because I was running, but there were times when it really reminded me of who I was and I didn't have to be less happy. I think it helped me stay happy because I remembered who I was. It's not that I didn't want to be. I loved all of it. It was like that was kind of an important life goal for me to have, um, you know, this this permanent relationship and then having children and doing a good job with that. And, you know, I had some really, you know, strong opinions about all of that, but still it was kind of like uncharted territory and the things that kept me feeling sane and normal were not things I was doing anymore. So I had to figure it out a different way. And that's why I was running and taking guys for walks and doing all that stuff, I think. That's really why I think I did it. I, the other thing too, is that I wanted you guys all to feel like that was what you needed to do to be healthy. you know. And I think, I still think that, I think um, your body needs to move, a person's body needs to move and not necessarily the um, power, I guess so much is just strength and fitness. I see people, the gym I go to now is, is, and I didn't know it, but it's kind of geared more toward older people. And it's not, it's not really on purpose. I think that's just the clientele. So then that's what they have. So they have mobility classes and they have a lot of really hard, high intensity stuff too. But one of their things is, you know, this is the message. I want you to be able to do this when you're 90. And so that's the point, you know, it's just to be active so that, I can move when I'm 90. I, when I was growing up, my, you know, my grandparents and stuff like that were in their sixties and they looked ancient. Like I look back at that now, my, my grandmother died when she was 71 years old. That's like what, eight years from now for me, I can't even imagine it, but I, you know, she was, she did not move a lot and she smoked. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think what I do now hasn't really drastically changed from even 10 years ago. I don't think, I think I probably am more fit now in terms of mobility and agility than I was then just in kind of context of all the things that we've talked about I think I might have some more to get to to explore in terms of maybe like a triathlon or something like that you know so um, I'm really not focusing on anything specifically but I do think about that 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 would be fun to do. I really think it would be fun.
0: Now, having had like more of an opportunity to like learn about training and like kind of seeing your past mistakes, it would be really interesting to see how you would do. That would be exciting to see. And as somebody who's tried to swim next to you, um, I can say that you're a very good swimmer. (laughs) I'm I'm good at not dying. (laughs) For me, a big part of you being active kind of, Put importance on of being outside and of like being active. You know, um, when when I didn't have that example or might not have had that example from anybody else. So um,
1: I think the more we feel that way, the more the more we think that it's part of the holistic um, experience, rather than saying this is my athletic part, this is my intellectual part, and this is my work life. I think all of it, if it's kind of all one thing. It's a lot less,
0: um, like they carry over. And more recently you had kind of gotten into yoga, Mm -hmm. um, pretty hardcore, um, Mm -hmm. and then like worked into like being able to do the splits, which was like very impressive. (laughs) Um, was that a goal for you or like, how Mm -hmm. did that happen?
1: No, I, I, um, when we moved to Houston, I started going to the yoga, um, studio probably every day. And it was just a really welcoming and safe place to be. And yoga was not something I had ever done, but I'd always wanted to learn about it. So I started doing it and it was uh, with really good teachers. I mean, I have such really good habits and it's because of the teachers that I had. And I didn't even know it until now I'm doing yoga with other teachers. And um, I'm realizing that we had great, um, a great education with with this group of people. So, um, yeah, I, I, just kept, I did that here. And then when I moved to Flint for that year, I didn't really, I was running and going to the gym there. Um, I didn't do yoga there. And then I came back here and now it's more holistic again, because I have a chance to do weights and I can run and do yoga. In fact, yesterday I had a yoga class that, uh, started out as a pop-up but this guy's really a good teacher and so they're putting this on the schedule so every Friday at two I can go do this and um, I ran after which is not something I normally do I normally you know run first and it was great I was I felt so energized I was shocked at how well that went because I you know did yoga for an hour and then I went and ran and it was like faster and um, more into the run on even though it was on a treadmill And it was a really good experience. So, and I was shocked because I just thought it was going to be, you know, um, drudgery, but it wasn't. So I want to keep doing yoga. I want to try to get into a routine where I do it every day at some point. And even if it's for 15 minutes, it just is nice to... And I've been doing meditation and so it's not just the focusing on breathing, but the notion of filling the pose with breath and things like that, it really kind of makes it gives me the um,
0: notion that I'm like a child again. Before the pandemic hit, you had started to climb with a friend of yours.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I we have a climbing wall at the uh, place where I work. So once I feel a little bit more comfortable, I'm gonna go back to that because that was a really good group of people. They're students, yes, but they're just a really open, nice group of people. And it's kind of a good, Um, it's kind of like a hard left turn from being in a meeting all day with people who are just egos brushing up against each other and trying to be on top to go to a place where you can only do what you can do (laughs) you can't be any better than you are and you don't there's no for me there's no competition because everybody's 40 years younger than me so it doesn't matter what I do And so it's really, it's really fun. I'm anonymous, I just go in there, some you know, weird old middle-aged white woman over there on the wall and nobody cares. And so it's just really fun for me to be able to do that. And I miss it. I got all that equipment and then the pandemic hit, so I never really got a chance to use it. And um, so that's, that is on the horizon as well. And um, I'm kind of looking forward to doing that again.
0: I was gonna ask you the, the last question that we usually ask for Women in Power Active is um, just words of empowerment that you would give other women or, you know, your sister or, you know, a friend.
1: One of the things that, you know, I think about what I would say to someone is that it really doesn't matter what you do. It's just, just that you do. So if you like something, if you like to walk, if you like Pilates, if you like water walking, if you like whatever it is, just find something that you like and do it and don't be unapologetic about spending time on yourself in that way, because it makes everything easier. I, uh, even the hardest times are made easier. If you can get a little movement in somewhere, don't compare it to anything. Just go do
0: it. As like somebody who's tried so many different things. Um, what would you say, like to somebody who like might be a little bit apprehensive, do something that gives you
1: more confidence. Like if you don't want people to see you when you're walking, then walk a little bit earlier in the morning. Don't go to the gym. Don't go stand on a treadmill. I mean, that might be something that happens later, but maybe first, the first thing you do is try walking around the block at a time when it's quiet so that you don't feel like you have to be as self-conscious and that those are hard things, but it's, it's worth it. It's like something that somebody has to, to find the meaning or value in. And that has to be of more worth than the, you know, reticence or the fear of, of being seen while doing whatever it is. I felt that way when I went to the gym to try classes, because these are classes and all these people have gone before and they know what's going on. And I don't know what's going on. And so maybe to, to break a chunk off of it and say, well, I'll do this for five minutes. I'll try it for 10 minutes. And maybe that's all it is 10 minutes a day. And I think once 10 minutes goes by for a while, it begins to be easier. And then that's the goal. It's like to be able to get out and do it and not necessarily how
0: it looks to other people. I always remember when I was running, you would tell me that you can do anything for five minutes. It's really true though. I mean, that's,
1: you know, the only thing you can't do is hold your breath I and mean, maybe then you can, but that's what I, I really think you can try it. You don't have to like it. And you can try something else to find out what it is you do like, and maybe it's going to be Tai Chi. Maybe it's going to be something that's just totally different the other thing too is that when you go to something that's like a class everybody mm-hmm. wants you to succeed the teacher wants you to succeed the people around you want you to succeed i think that whole notion of like having to compete maybe like how we did in, in high school or because that's kind of many people's last experience with sports was then when a bunch of immature personalities are all trying to vie for whatever they were trying to get It's not like that anymore. Everybody wants everyone to succeed. It's a total different attitude. And if it isn't, if that's a gym where people are looking you up and down, don't go to that gym, go to a different one. When I was doing yoga, when I was starting to learn how to do yoga, a lot of the message was pay attention to what's happening on your mat. And it wasn't that you don't look at the other people, it was just that what's that might be that might be interesting and it might be something that you can't help but compare yourself to, but really what the important thing that's happening is what's on your mat. That's the important thing. Those might be distractions. That might be something you want to talk to your, in your head about, oh, they can do this better than me, but that's really not important. The important thing is what's happening just on your mat. And it was almost like I could just close back in and let my attention just be Is there anything that you wanted to like plug? Social media stuff is all mostly either family or library science. So (laughs) it's probably not going to be that important to anyone. (laughs) So Elizabeth G13 on Insta and um, E Gross on Twitter. So, and there are going to be a lot of um, things on Twitter about promoting books and freedom to read and all that kind of stuff right now, because that's a big deal, especially for school librarians, support them.
0: You can follow me personally, that's at Jacqueline Gross, J-A-C-A-L-Y-N-G-R-O-S-S on all social platforms. You can follow UR Sportswear, that's the letter U, the letter R, Sportswear on all social platforms. And if you want to check out any of our products, go to URSportswear.com. Thank you for listening and happy Mother's Day.